Welcome back to Geek Life on Pandamanga.com. I'm JP, as always with me. It's my fearless co-host, The Brian. That's former co-host. Get my titles right, bro. Oh, that's right. Now you are no longer a co-host. We've kicked you to the curb, and you are now just a guest host. That's right. Well, with us as well, we have special guest hosts from the Geeks with Wives podcast, which you can find at geekswithwives.com, and also at geekswithwives on Twitter. First up, Victoria. Thank you very much for having us. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And also, we have Grant with us tonight. Hi there. Thanks for having me. So we're going to talk uh, We're going to talk a little GTA V tonight. Yeah. So we are excited about this game. So we, we all actually met each other, I guess, long form, sort of met each other really quickly the other day, but we got to hang out a little bit at the Midnight Show, uh, where we recorded a podcast about what we were excited about and some of our favorite GTA franchise memories. But now we've had a whole week to dig into the majesty that is GTA V. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, why don't we break it up into a couple different sections? So first of all, why don't we just talk a little bit about the story that we've seen so far? So Grant, why don't you start? So the story so far, I really like the unique uh, three perspectives with Franklin, uh, Michael, and um, Trevor. Trevor, yeah. yep. I think my favorite so far is Michael, just because of how screwed up his family life is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so why. True. I don't know why, but the the best thing about Grand Theft Auto is living. Through other people's misery and just their, <laughs> their terrible struggle. That's the subtitle. You know, you're going to have that on a poster. Yeah. The best thing, living through other people's misery. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then causing way more for other people. A little schadenfreude, if you will. Yeah. Which is basically taking pleasure in other people's misery. Yes, that's absolutely. a German word, only the, only the Germans. <laughs> Not that we don't like Germans. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong anyway. with Germans? Oh, right. You're German. I'm not going to keep that in now. <laughs> so so the story, how, how many hours do you play so far, Grant? Oh, man, I don't know. Um, I think it's somewhere between 15 and 20. Okay. And I'm only like 30, 35% done. Yeah, it's a big um, game. A big and I haven't game. even been like screwing around too much. I've been mostly focused on the story and the Freaks and Strangers missions. Right, yeah, which are kind of sort of side missions, but they do develop some stuff out yeah. a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm not that impressed with the uh, the side missions that far or mm-hmm. this far. Like Barry, who sells you the the drugs or wants to really wants to sell you the drugs. <laughs> right, right. I, I don't know. They haven't really captivated me that much. They're they're kind of a fun tangent, which I guess is probably what they're they're meant to be. But it seems sort of like character development stuff. The only ones that I felt like really gave you a better window into who they are was Franklin stories, like Franklin side missions where he's helping. Like a girl that he grew up with, do like towing for her crackhead boyfriend. Yeah, the whore, yeah. Right. Yes, the whore. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, that was sort of a little window because she's ranting and raving and being crazy, but at the same time elaborating a little bit about his history and who he was. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Franklin, he's the African-American guy in the the game. He's black. He's the black guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he... uh, his whole thing is he's sick and tired of the gangster lifestyle. He's trying to get out of it, and he's actually becoming a little successful now that he's met Michael, who's just an old-school con man. Yep. And Franklin is getting a lot of grief from his friends from the hood, like a lot of grief. Yeah. You know, yeah. For, I mean, before he even met Michael and actually started to make a change in his life, he was just kind of sick and tired of what he was up to and being sort of a downer as far as his friends were concerned. And so he was already on the receiving end of a lot of complaining about, oh, man, you don't appreciate the hood. You know, you got to represent that kind of stuff. And, and he's like, man, this hood is, you know, this gangster stuff is stupid, man. I want to make real money. I don't want to be doing this sort of junk forever. Like, I want to I want to make my way and do something real. And yeah, and they're like, this is real. What's wrong with you? In a weird way, it's relatable. Like, yes. I, I've yeah. never I've never done that. I've mm-hmm. never been a gangster. I've never wanted to be a con man. But somehow I understand Franklin's struggles to want to, you know, be more successful. 
That was probably the whitest thing I've ever heard. I've I've never wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> I am white, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever noticed that if you try like if like you say white person, like a white guy tries to say, you know, a sort of like gangster sort of term, yeah. it just sounds really wrong. Yeah. Like really yeah. awkward, like I would not like to be a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that I could get a jiggy with it. Yeah. <laughs> It's almost as bad as if you add, like, the on front of something. Like, have you ever noticed how if parents are uncomfortable with something, they'll be like, they're having the sex. Yeah. No, it's, it's <laughs> actually... They're buying the drugs. Yeah. A white person saying a, a black man's phrase is kind of like uh, listening to Will Smith rap. Oh! <laughs> that was a low blow. <laughs> yeah, I remember when... Because I used to be a youth minister for a inner city church in Vallejo. And there was one time where one of the youth guys said something. I forgot what it was. And I'm like... I am the whitest, squarest person you will probably ever meet. And what you just said made me look straight up gangsta. And they all just kind of stared at me. I'm like, it's true, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's funny. You know, I think that that's probably one of the biggest strengths of Grand Theft Auto V is its ability to ping pong around between the different stories. Because each of the stories, it's not like there's three characters that would fit into the the same lifestyle. You know, you look at some of the earlier ones and you've got, like, for example, San Andreas. It's all sort of the gangster, you know, sort of style. Then you go back and you've got the Italian sort of angle or then you've got the Eastern European sort of angle. And, and they're all sort of operating within the same world yep. with similar friends, similar lifestyles, similar challenges. But with this one, you've got three very different walks of life, different friends, different locations. Yep. And it's it's great because... Being a sandbox game, they tend to be epically long, right? And so I find that you hit this lull where you're just like, oh, this is repetitive, yeah. you know? And what's great about this is that it pretty much once you reach a certain point, uh, unless you're engaged in something, pretty much you can just jump between any of the characters. And they're just living their lives, you know, sitting, smoking on the front of their car, just hanging out or, you know, walking out of their front door or watching television or whatever. And you can just jump to a completely different lifestyle, a completely different family, completely different problems, completely different styles of missions. And I find that it keeps it interesting. Yeah. And it keeps it really mixed up and cool, which is one of the things I was the most excited about hearing that idea. And it really is well realized, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there, there was a lot of weird, like... People thought that when you jumped in between, you would miss story bits. Hmm. I have not had that happen at all. I don't know where that rumor got started, but I want to I kill it right now. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, okay. So full disclaimer here. I haven't played a single minute of GTA. <gasps> but um, he has watched a lot. Of but it. I have okay. watched a lot because <laughs> I didn't have much in the way of work this week. So I kind of just sat around. I don't have a console right now because mine broke. But in our living room, so both JP and Dustin have the game and have been playing it. So... I've been watching them play because it's very yeah. captivating. We used to all live separately elsewhere, and we all had our own television, our own systems. So when we all moved in together, we're like, let's put them all in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have, like, two big screen TVs and two PlayStations and two Xboxes, and we play, like, Link games and stuff. Nice. It's it's pretty great. Yeah. And so our living room is just, like, absolute gamey, geeky central. So Brian has been stuck sort of in between the two. Where we're both yeah. playing the game at the same time, both with like one of us with a headset on or whatever. So you've seen copious amounts of I've the game. I've seen copious amounts of the game, but there was one point, I don't know if it was either you or Dustin earlier today that was playing, and they had switched from, I think, Franklin to Trevor. And all of a sudden, it was weird because Trevor was like at a beach talking shit to some guy that he had tied up underneath the pier. And it's like, what, what the 
Like just when you switched over and he's like yeah. living his life. That is yeah. awesome. You so know, I could see where that rumor started from, but yeah. You know, I think just the only like thing Trevor. that I've seen that's in that vein is at one of the points where all the characters are about to converge, right? Um, you Like one of them starts a mission or something like that. You could... I forget. I can't quite remember exactly where it was, but I want to say when you're about to go do the what is now the famous torture scene, which we should probably touch on. Yeah. The game prompts you to jump between characters. So you like start a mission and then you get a phone call and it says, hey, I need you to meet me at this place. And then it says it starts to blink. You hold you hold down on the D-pad and then it gives you an opportunity to pick which character you want to kind of Google Maps jump to. And it suggests that you jump to a different character and you can and it warps you over there and immediately the next thing is there. Or in theory, you could just drive up there. You know, so it allows you, I think, really slickly to be able to shortcut some stuff. Yeah. You know, so I guess, you know, in theory, you could be missing something, but you could, you know, I think there's enough just driving from point A to point B. I've noticed, too, besides a point where it like flicks and tells you to go somewhere, there's missions where Grant will play through and then I'll play through so that while I'm at work, I'm not seeing stuff he's playing. And then while I'm there, he's seeing what he's already seen. That's nice. And so all of a sudden, like we were at this one scene and it was like Franklin was going over to Michael's house, but I was Michael playing through it. And Grant had no idea what was going on at first because I... I chose to be Michael, go to Michael's house, and then Franklin just showed up. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So when you have the little rotary choice between the characters and it says they have this many missions, some of those missions are the same missions? It's when Franklin goes to Michael's house in the beginning. So right at the beginning. You can either be Franklin driving to Michael's house and you go in. And I haven't seen the scene where it's Franklin going into Michael's house after he's just robbed the place of the car. (laughs) But um, I've played the one where Michael's just laying by the poolside and all of a sudden Franklin shows up. So, yeah, you have the option of which way you want to go about the scene, which gives you so much replayability right there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Of all of the different mechanics in the game, which I think we're going to try and touch on more, but that switching between characters breathes so much life into the series. I've heard a lot of people, a lot of reviewers, a lot of really critics complaining that, yeah, it's a new story, a little better controls, maybe more polished graphics or bigger or something. You know, there's these these minor changes that, you know, are really just... It's more of the same. It's like a giant DLC pack for Grand Theft Auto 4, you know, with like new characters and new stories and some tweaks. And people complain like that. They say, oh, it's just more of the same. It's more of the same. It's more of the same. But it's like they've actually gone out of the box and really changed things a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would agree in a way that the, the raw experience of several of the previous GTAs are very similar, but they just have a different sort of environment or characters or things like that. But, you know, the controls are the same. The graphics are very similar, the same as far as mechanics go. But this one makes a big fat jump. With some of the changes in mechanics, and I think this is one of the biggest ones that allows for it to stay fresh and interesting and keep the pace up and and not have it have, you know, an awkward high pace to keep the pace going. You can logically jump when there's a lull. Like we were saying earlier, you've got each of the characters and when you choose between them, it actually has a number next to their image and you can choose who has missions. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't count the side missions, I don't think. But who has more going on, essentially. And so you can sort of exhaust what's going on with one person, and the story won't move forward until you jump to the next guy. And it's great because it allows you to stay on top of what's happening instead of have to have these sort of natural lulls. Like, there's less, a lot less of, like, go home and sleep, and the next day time has passed, and now we're moving forward. It's like, yeah. you can go, wham, somebody's over here, and this guy's robbing something, and wham, somebody's over here, and he's beating somebody up because he's crazy and on meth. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys explored the uh, property management at all? Property management, like not. buying it, and so I. Well, I, I did get the the hanger, which it kind of forces you to do early on. Oh, with Trevor, with Trevor, yeah, yeah. where you can do drug runs and stuff. But right. I haven't actually gotten any property that generates income yet. Okay, well, that does generate income actually. 
Oh, like separate? Oh, right, right, okay. It's yeah. like 5,000 a week else. or something oh, like see, that. See, it's really nothing. Is uh, a week like an hour of gameplay, or like how do they... I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the time goes a lot faster, yeah. but... Yeah. Hour you still per gotta... minute, I believe, is, is how the time goes in that mm-hmm. game. Okay. Interesting. Um, so but so you've played a little bit more with the property stuff? Not so much. No, I was hoping that you guys did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seems that... a little cost prohibitive at some points because there are things that cost like $20 million. Which is awesome. That excites me so much. It's great because it seems like the game is either going to have a, a long amount of time that you can play to really see everything through or the stakes are going to get raised massively later. And I bet it's some kind of a combination of the two. Yeah. I I really hope there's a climatic, like, heist at the end. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I think that one of the reasons why this game has so much emphasis on the heists is that Grand Theft Auto 4's easily most impressive scene was the the heist. Yeah, Yeah, that's why they made the the DLC that started in it. Which one? That was the Ballad of Gaytoni? Ballad of Gaytoni. Yeah, I think, yeah, because it starts in the middle of the main game in that scene. Right. Yeah, that was awesome. I think that the the heists are really, really dynamic, especially now that you can switch between guys, which is, and I guess, before we wrap up the talking about being able to switch, we should talk about how that works in a mission where instead of we're separate, but when we're all having, we're all on the mission together. Yeah. So like, like Victoria, what, what did you think about, like, did you, have you played the one where you have to like, one person is sniping, one person is dropping in a window? Yeah, I actually just did that one. Um, I don't know if Grant's that far in the game yet, but I liked it a nod, lot. You're safe. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have. Um. <laughs> I like switching between characters. Like even in the beginning, right when you open and you're doing that heist with Michael, Trevor, and then a couple other people, um, the fact that you've got to switch and then shoot, you know, the guy in order to keep Michael alive, um, I think it gives you a lot of aspects on the game. Like you'll get so stuck playing as one character using one specific weapon all the time in so many different games, where this one forces you, like, hey, it's awesome that you have a pistol, but now you have to be a sniper. Right. So I, I think that dynamic of you having to explore like all aspects all of a sudden you went from stealth to being the cover guy like is fantastic i thought it was really smooth too i think that i'm really looking forward to later in the game where there's less hand holding about who you should switch between and the game will punish you for not being in the right person that would be awesome yeah, yeah. i like a game that's willing to kind of kick you in the nuts every once in a while and be like <laughs> no do it right yeah because then i think that when you've achieved I guess when you've defeated what's been kicking your ass for a couple hours or for, you know, a little while, there's a greater sense of accomplishment. And so early on with the switching there, because it's a brand new mechanic, I don't, you know, I think since like what Lost Vikings, I haven't really seen much of that. Um, was there some of that in Lost Vikings? Dude, Lost really? Vikings, that was what Lost Vikings was. It was the side scrolling right forever ago. And okay. you can switch between the guys. It's the greatest game. Anyway, side tangent of her. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but don't forget Trine. Oh, Trine. Yeah, Trine's like that too. Oh, Trine's great though. Yeah, it's, great. Yeah, it's a great game. Like I was saying, I'm looking forward to when they're not prompting you as to who to change. Because in early on, they're introducing this new mechanic, and it's it's you know arguably very new. We haven't really had a chance to do that. And I caught the game being like, "Hello, pay attention, JP. <laughs> yeah. You need to switch," which is good. That's why it's there. But I think that it's going to be interesting deeper into the game when you get into these complex situations where you have to actively be like the most effective and tactical place for me to control right now is this guy, and you switch back and forth. And there's no pre-prescribed way for you to move through the mission where it's like at this point the game's forcing you to jump into franklin who's sniping a ways away at this point after that you're forced to jump back into michael who's doing this or that or whatever like i'm looking forward to when they have big complicated heists and they just leave it wide open for you to figure it out as you go yeah like that's gonna be really cool and i think that it's gonna be neat because grant's gonna have a completely different heist in comparison to victoria in comparison to me in comparison to brian like we're all gonna have dramatically different experiences in the same mission let alone outside the game and the storytelling because 
I could just control Michael the whole time and the mission will get done, probably. The AI might not do as good of a job as I could have done doing Franklin's job, but then again, it wouldn't do as good of a job as I could do doing Michael's job. And so I think the game, especially the big heist later, in theory, will get really dynamic. I'm excited about that. Well, and that's something that you pointed out where the AI might not do as good of a job as you, hmm. but at least it still does a good job. The AI is like, good in this game. I'm yeah, happy. With I would it hate it if it was like if you switch, all of a sudden your guys are just derped out and it's pretty <laughs> much a bad yeah. escort mission. Fortunately, that is not the case. Yeah, it would be really frustrating for you to have to switch between characters and the computer to put you into some stupid place because good lord, you're squishy in this game, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, that is your health... biggest complaint, it seems. Oh, yeah. I hear you just, hear just raging in the other room. <laughs> raging about Come that. on! <laughs> no, uh, okay, so I was trying to go to sleep one night, and Victoria was playing it. Uh, and uh, How just, did that work out? The, the next morning, she's <laughs> like, did I did I wake you up? Did the game wake you up? Did the game vol- Did I have it too loud? And I was like, well, it wasn't the game volume that kept me up. It was the, damn it, every 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to whisper it, too, so it's like a really angry, damn it, whisper. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was going to say, too, another really cool thing about the characters are their different powers. Like, all three of them have right, different Right, they all have powers. a special ability. Yeah. And this is the first time any GTA game has had, like, a special ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With with Franklin, with the um, the slow-mo driving, almost. Which that, is that the effect. best one, by far. That's so cool. Trevor with his, like, rampage. I would call it that, really. The circuit mode. Yeah. 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 mode, yeah. And then, um, is it Michael? I, I'm still Michael trying to think like Michael. Bullet time. Just I was going to say, yeah. just bullet time, yeah. That aspect, too, with the switching between characters, like you said, which is going to be a complete different experience because we can also use their special abilities, too, so. Yeah, the special abilities go a long way to really flavor the characters individually. You can play as, I mean, in theory... I don't really know because I haven't played any of the way later games, but when, when the game really just kind of is wide open, it's like, hey, play the missions however you want. I would imagine that, especially considering the special abilities, it would really make a dramatically different experience each yeah. time. You know, you play through just as Trevor and you can Mind rampage your everybody. way through and go yeah. crazy. You're, you're much less squishy. You can take by squishy. I mean, this is gamer terms here, you guys. By squishy, I mean, like you take damage and you die really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Class so you're not a bullet sponge. Yeah, exactly. So, but but when you turn on his rage mode, you are a little bit more of a bullet sponge, and you do a lot more damage. And you can pretty much get up out of cover and just run forward and just boom, just destroy people, which is great uh, and really useful and really different than the other two characters. Absolutely. Because as yeah. far as offensively, the other two characters are wildly different. You can't be as cowboy as you can with with uh, Trevor, which is great because. I kind of like to go crazy sometimes and just be like, blah, bitches, and <laughs> just, like, kill everybody. And that, that like, satisfies that. Like, another reason why having three different characters so dramatically different, more than just story or feel or culture, but, like, the actual gameplay and the special abilities. Like, it allows you to indulge in being super slick and sniping dudes and going really, like, slow-mo and being pop, pop, pop and hitting heads or, you know, slickly drifting around a corner that you couldn't do elsewise or just rampaging and murder mayhem. Like, it's pretty awesome. So, speaking of all the characters being different, they all have different skill levels in everything they do. It's true. But you can um, raise them. You, you can, yeah. yeah it's like an so active... You, you could raise them all to the same level, yeah. But have you guys noticed it make a difference at all? Because I've brought my stamina up from, like, 40 to 80, and I don't really notice a difference at all. Actually, I've got a question about that. Where can you see how much stamina you have left or whatever? Is there anything on the HUD that No, has there's that? nothing on the HUD that actually okay. is You just far. get tired. <laughs> yeah. you, you start... The, the screen does kind of that, like... Red you know, flicker. Oh, snap, you're having a heart attack face yeah. vision thing. 
And then if you if you push through that, you'll actually will start to lose health and your health yeah. bar will go down. So that's you, you a see a note a that meter. says right. your stamina, you're out of stamina. Yeah. Which brings me to what we were, uh, a re- response to your question that I haven't really found that the different ability levels has been real dramatically different. Yeah. I think that driving cars with Franklin is a much smoother experience. That's probably the biggest change, I think. Elsewise, it doesn't seem like that much of a difference. And building up the stamina, I don't think I've really run out of stamina, except for the one mission early, like a side mission with Michael, where you well, yeah, find where this you like, random chick and you just have to run for freaking yep. ever. Lost half my health during that. <laughs> She's like yelling feminist remarks at you. Oh, while yeah. You're she doing is it. so angry. So <laughs> um, the one thing I've noticed you with car handling and stuff like that, talking about that, um, Grant thinks I'm weird for it, but I can handle motorcycles way better than I can handle cars in the game. Yeah, they have a much more... I don't want to say twitchy because that means it makes it sound like it's hard to control, but they I, they seem to turn a dime. Yeah. You know, whereas a car is kind of like you hold left and it's like, uh, unless you really take time to slow down and put the pressure on the, you know what I mean? Like, you guys have uh, never heard of a handbrake? Come on. <laughs> Even when you hit the handbrake, though, your car will like turn on a dime. You really just got to like tap it instead of like holding it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... What was the term that Dustin keeps using? Do you remember? It's like Mm-mm. they're a little squirrely or something. Squirrely. Like yeah. Squirrely. <laughs> they're much more squirrely in this game. Now, granted, he had just come off of playing Saints Row 3 and 4. Oh, the so driving and driving. Yeah. 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 So like, very, very different do any driving in 4. Yeah. Not no, much. You don't. <laughs> no, I think that the – I mean, I think it could just be that we haven't played a Grand Theft Auto game in, what, six years or something? I mean, almost – since the well, I, I I've been playing console. for uh, in the last couple of months actually because I still haven't beat that game. Oh, really? yeah. I'm really hoping that I am able to beat this game. Yeah, me too. Because it'll be a first. I have such a hard time with that. I think I might have done GTA three, but I don't think I've done any of the other ones. And I played them all a lot, but I've never actually because I just get lost in the, in the side missions and stuff. So. And see, this is a first for me actually wanting to play through a GTA. So. All right, Victoria was uh, apprehensive about that. Well, let's take a quick musical break. When we get back, we'll drill Victoria about why she didn't like the previous GTA games. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us.
and welcome back to Geek Life from Pandamanga.com. We're talking about GTA, and we're about to ask Victoria, what's wrong with you? Why'd you hate the previous GTA games? Honestly, it it pretty much was Rockstar in general, not gonna lie. I couldn't get into really any of them. The one that I got into the most was Red Dead, um, and I played through the main storyline on that, and then I started to play The Undead Nightmare and couldn't finish it. Um... I just really that's normally the opposite. Normally everybody thinks the undead nightmare is like the best part of that game. <laughs> I liked finding the horses a lot, like all the like the four apocalyptic horses oh, yeah, and yeah, then that the cool. Sasquatch and he went up against the Chupacabra at one point. Like that was fantastic and made me laugh. But Did I, you ever see the cougar woman or the cougar person? No. No? No, okay. what are you, what are you after about? okay, so so all right, good. We haven't heard this before. This is the best. Okay, so Rockstar Games being so grand and insanely huge, they have so many bugs. And when they first come out, people find the craziest freaking bugs. And evidently, there was a half cougar, half person model that got squished together somehow <laughs> and was roaming the wild and it would run unreasonably fast and so it would like zip around and be like wow and then zoom like this person would run by with like a cougar head and evidently if you caught him you could ride him that is awesome <laughs> and so like you're like in horse position sort of hovering off of their back just going ridiculously fast with this like sound effect every once in a while wow <laughs> well I'll have to show you the YouTube video after Absolutely. the broadcast it's so awesome um, but I mean, so Red Dead res- resonated with you a little, but it was the first, the first uh, Rockstar game that really stood out to you, right? I mean, when I was, I, we talked about this briefly um, while well, you were at the store, and yeah. um, I was talking on the podcast. But um, I played, I think it was San Andreas on the PS2, and I just never can get in the story. And I think that was also partly because I was in like elementary school playing Grand Theft Auto, which is probably not the best choice, parent. Wise, um, but uh, God, I feel old. <laughs> but, um, uh, yes, and I've come to find out years later it is the fun version of San Andreas, too. Um, oh, really? Yeah, nice. <laughs> but um, this one, and I think it is just because of the three different characters, the three different aspects of their lives, and the fact that I've come to appreciate video games much more than I did in my childhood. I mean, um, I pretty much played Blood to the Chosen and like the Unreal games on PC and sneak on my dad's computer and play them, and that was pretty much my appreciation for video games games was killing things um and now gta it's like oh i can kill things and there's a story um like grant michael is my favorite just because of his family aspect it's true oh god they're a train wreck (laughs) have you gotten have you have you gotten to where things really fall apart with his family and he's pretty much by himself i've just gotten there he hasn't like things just oh dude like they just left yeah they they just left yeah Dude, his yeah. son is such an ass. He's so awesome. You drove him home with drugs. He gave them to me. Oh, I love the alien abduction sequence. With the monkeys and everything? He basically he basically gives him the purple drink, pretty much. Right? Brian, <laughs> yeah. isn't that what that's called? The purple drank. The purple yeah. drank, sorry. And he know gets that. jacked yeah. up. And it does that whole... I was really concerned that they were going to do the effect that they used in GTA 4 for the drunk. Because that makes me dizzy in a hurry. The multiple like opacity lower layers where yeah, you can yeah. see lots of stuff and everything is just these like trails of go- oh that messes with my stomach. <laughs> but they did this crazy thing where you can barely see anything and there's like lights and colors and the next thing you know you like are getting abducted by aliens yeah. and it's like did that really Surrounded happen? And it, like monkeys. GTA has a long history of, of like kind of hinting and goofing with silly alien shit. Uh, wasn't Brian? Were you saying that there's apparently alien stuff early on in the game, like little Easter eggs? You can actually get like these alien parts for a quest for Franklin, I believe. Um, so there is UFO parts that you can get, and also 
in the very, very first opening the bank heist scene. Mm -hmm. I think it's like if you go underneath one of the bridges instead of going across it while you're driving, if you look in there in the ice, there is a frozen alien body. That's awesome. So, Victoria, why do you think that this game, this GTA game, more than any others, actually stood out to you and made you want to check it out? Like, what was the change? Well... First of all, he was going to get it, and I, he was going to have to borrow my Xbox to do it because he is just strictly PC. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to watch him play it. And then watching him play it, and first of all, meeting Trevor, I could not stop laughing. I just could not He's the not greatest stop ever. Laughing. I love him. These characters are fantastic. And Lamar, oh my God. <laughs> the, is- the, episode, the mission where Trevor... Meets up with Lamar and Franklin is probably the most funny thing and I've ever seen. And his aunt, go get some nice $7. I said, nice, not expensive. Like, oh my God, I love Trevor so, it's so much. Because Trevor's just a loose cannon of madness. And see, that's the thing. Like, I, I love Michael because he is going through all that whole thing. And you can tell that he wants to be in the game, but at the same time, he wants his family life and stuff right. like that. And he, and I feel for him. Like, I feel really bad for him. And I just want his wife to love him again. And I want his kids <laughs> to respect him. And then, like, there's Trevor who gives you all the comedic relief and i just and as a loose cannon you don't know what's gonna happen like every time i switch to trevor and he's doing something like half the time he's either throwing up in a fountain or he's like yelling at somebody or in a fight throwing hot dogs at someone like it's it's the greatest well so just to give you guys a little window into trevor those of you that haven't played he's the guy that has like meth sores all over his face (laughs) and like is balding and awful and and the best way to describe trevor is this the first time you see Trevor, you're zoomed in on the television in his trailer, and it's showing an interview, like on the news channel, with the guard of like a heist that Michael recently did. And it pans back, and Trevor is just balls deep in someone else's girlfriend, just like doggy styling her, like bent over the kitchen counter. And he's like watching the thing, and she's trying to talk, and he's like, shut up, I'm watching television. Ah! You know, it's, like he is the craziest most ridiculous character in the whole thing. And I feel like he totally fills a hole. He, he totally fills a void. Wow. He totally fills a <laughs> void in the game. Like you really get to where it's like Michael is trying to be a good guy and his, you know, and it's, it's not working and he doesn't really want to get back in the game, but he kind of does because he misses it. And the more his family treats him like shit and is crappy, he, the more he wants to pull away and just be like, fuck it and just get back into the game. But Trevor is just so crazy yeah. that he is so refreshing to play as after having played with Franklin, who's like more reserved and I want to, you know, he's like ambitious and he wants to get out of the ghetto and, and Michael's like, oh, I don't really want to get back into the game. And like, they're both sort of in comparison, at least much more like morally black and white yeah. and like they're better human beings where Trevor is just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. yeah and he's, he's just a so psychopathic freaking. trailer trash with serious, serious anger management issues. Yeah. He's unbelievable. I, I love his interactions with Wade's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Wade is this his like basically the punching bag of his little gang. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it's voiced by the same voice actor. Brack. Brack. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like Brack from the Brack show, no question. But yeah, they end up moving or they end up going into Los Santos, which is like the main city, and they camp out at Wade's cousin's house. Yeah, and Wade's cousin's girlfriend's house. And Wade's cousin's girlfriend's house, essentially. And they trash the shit out of the house. Oh, yeah. And Trevor, in his own sort of a horrible, messed up way, is trying to be a good guy and, like, mentor him. <laughs> in his own twisted way. In his way. own very <laughs> twisted way. Poor Mr. Raspberry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave that yeah. little Easter egg for you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we've talked a lot about the gameplay and the story. Why don't we talk a little bit about the controversy that's already popped up? So I think easily the most controversial thing 
before this game in the history of the Grand Theft Auto franchise has been the hot coffee situation. You guys remember that one? For the listeners out there was, who it, didn't remember it, tell us about it. JP. Yeah, so so long ago when San Andreas first came out, uh, which was what, PS2? PS2 era, yes. Rockstar, in their infinite wisdom, had created actually like a sex minigame where you go visit your girlfriend and then she like gives you a blowjob and then you have sex with her and you have to like press X to thrust and it's just... It was over the top, so over the top that Rockstar themselves decided to remove it from the game. Unfortunately, they didn't actually remove it from the game. They pretty much like scripted it out of the gameplay yeah. so that you couldn't get to it and there's no way to access that scene. Parsed out the code as it is, that may be. But they left it on the disc and they launched it and sent it. We're talking the audio files were still there, right? Like all of the interaction, yeah. everything was there. And so I think did it... Did somebody hack it while it was on the system or when it got to PC. the PC? It was the PC. Somebody found kind of the code and um, pulled out the parsed out area and put it back in the game. So you could actually like get the hack and the mod to put this back in. But and it was something that was originally in the game. So. And so the next thing you know, you can play that scene that is definitely way beyond, at least at the time, what was reasonable. And uh, fast forward to now, and I would say that this game has much more gratuitous scenes than that one ever did. You know, granted, there's still no press X to thrust yet. There's no actual sex minigame. <laughs> but as far as, like, the explicit nature of some of the sex scenes and that kind of stuff, it's it's way over the top in yep. comparison. And so I don't know whether our sensibilities have changed a lot or if it's just the fact that you don't actually have control over it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think that that has a lot to do with it. Which brings us to the big controversy right now, which is the torture scene. Now, you guys have gotten through the torture scene. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So people are really up in arms about this. What What are your guys' takeaway from that? Uh, they're on the internet, so they... <laughs> so they're mad they... and angry all the time. Yeah. Did I... you feel like it was a little too far for no, you? With your sensibilities? I've, I've seen way worse on TV and in movies and stuff. So what? I'm pressing the buttons and choosing the wrench and <laughs> yeah. what do you think what about you victoria you know i was really prepared for this huge thing like there were some people on the internet who were in reviews saying oh this kind of pushes ao right here and blah blah, blah. and it's like all right we'll bring it on what is this thing that's gonna scar me for life and then i played it and i remember when i was done i like talked to grant the next day and i was like it wasn't that bad and like i've had a customer come in and say and again i haven't actually researched this so i'm not 100 percent sure it's true that they're thinking about possibly releasing a censored version of the game where really? um it's actually just going to be a cutscene that you can skip through wow. for the torture scene instead of you actually having to play through it that's too bad because the way that they do the playthrough is excellent yeah, yeah. essentially your your trevor is torturing somebody and I think you have to torture him, what, Grentel, like about four times or something mm -hmm. like that. And you slowly get more and more information about this particular uh, guy that Michael is camped out and is targeting with his sniper rifle. And so he's chilling on the hillside and he's aiming down at this guy's beach house. And there's this big party going on and you slowly but surely get a clearer and clearer picture of who it is you're supposed to shoot. And as Trevor tortures this poor freaking guy... He gets a little bit more information. Oh, he's left-handed. Oh, he has a beard. And there's like lots of guys with beards. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love he likes to smoke. That... There's lots of people that are smoking. And so it starts to narrow it down as you go. What's funny is that it seemed like when I was watching Dustin play it, and he felt the same way, that when they said, oh, he's got a beard, well, suddenly every single male character at the party had a beard. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they just um, showed up or and, if they were there originally. And like, then, I'd like to replay um, it. And then he's like, oh, and he smokes. And then, like, the majority of the guys start smoking. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think that the final defining mark was like the left-handedness. Yes, that was the left-handed one that, smoker. That, yep. that, yeah. And I like that with this scene too, at the end of it, you see more of like, because Trevor, okay, as crazy and as deranged as that man is, but you also get to see some of his humility mm. also in this thing, because after the torture scene, the FIB guy or whatever tells him like, all right, go put two bullets in his head and he's outlived his use. And Trevor actually just takes him to an airport and like, dude, you don't have a family. You're not who you say you're anymore. Don't trust anybody. Just get on a plane yeah, and just, go. Just go. Yeah. yeah, but I love his reasoning for that. And he was like, you just tortured me. Why are you doing this for me? And he's like, I'm not going to let them tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trevor, in his own sort of awful, twisted way, is actually kind of a good guy. Yeah. Like, you know, within his realm of moral compass and perspective, he isn't a malevolent, evil person. Yeah. He doesn't choose to be a malevolent, evil person. He does... Yeah evil things. Yeah. No question. Yeah, it's not, not a moral code. It yeah, may be just, warped and twisted, but it's right. not his code. self-image. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah he, he doesn't, I don't think he fancies himself a bad guy. No. Or like a villain, at least. He probably considers himself a bad guy and would enjoy being called a bad guy, but I don't think that he fancies himself a villain in the grand scheme of things. I think he's just a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah crazy guns and yeah. Yeah. Enterprise, yeah. 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 Trevor, was it Trevor? Trevor Phillip Enterprises. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So funny. When I was playing through the torture scene, I found that it was a little cringeworthy, but no worse than other things we've seen in games. I don't think that that I think that it maybe like danced around the realm of the the cut your own thumb off scene from uh, Heavy Rain, which was I don't know if you guys played that, but it's 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 one of the most powerful scenes in the game. Essentially, it's like you cut your thumb off or your son's going to die. You know, and it's kind of like, well, all right, just cut it off. You know, it, it, and then you got to, I don't know, it's it's a crazy scene. And it's sort are you, of. Are you more attached to your son in that game than your Michael thumb? is oh. <laughs> in uh, GTA? In your thumb? <laughs> much, much more. Much okay. more. Yeah. No, it's it's a powerful scene, but I guess what I mean is that it's probably the only other time in gaming where I've had sort of a cringe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, again, this is still nowhere near as, as intense as the, the scene in Heavy Rain, but I just found myself thinking, People are going to have a problem with this. Like I played through it and I was kind of like, this is cool and it's it's pushing the boundaries and it's very GTA, but you know, I don't really mind. But there are going to be people that are complaining about yep. it. What I don't understand is that you have a game like Far Cry 3, which I don't know. I didn't hear much about it in the media. Um, and there's definitely very, very, very hinted rape torture. Extremely bad. I even felt horribly uncomfortable with this scene. I had to pause and just walk away. And then there's things where, like, you're slitting people's throats right in front of you, things like that. You have that option. And then at the end of it, you know, you're even if you choose the evil ending as well, basically being mounted and everything's right in front of you and the characters thrusting on you and everything like that. But I didn't hear anybody in the media really cry out saying, hey, this game horribly inappropriate Mm -hmm. what's going on here maybe there should be a censored version but immediately because it's grand theft auto which gets blamed for anything that happens gun violence anything in america or just around like gta is a scapegoat for years yeah Yeah. since three i think or even before really that's why i think that people are really complaining about this though is because it's just grand theft auto yep well in the scene in far cry do you have any control over committing the crimes you're not committing it but you meet the offender all your friends are captured on the island and when you go to find one of your friends he's got a bloody handprint what was on his shoulder the guy's grabbing his crotch and thrusting at you and 
saying like, oh, well, now I have you captive, too. And he's just shaking. Your friend's just completely broken, saying, don't don't do it again, man. Don't do it. I can't do it anymore. Please just kill me and things like that. Like, it's it's a Whoa. horribly broken scene. Like, wow. it, when you see it, I mean, I think even Grant felt a little bit uncomfortable it was, with it. It was, it was I wanted to cry. Yeah. Like, I was so upset at the scene. Like, I just wanted to cry. And it's not like I would go on a tyrant and be like, oh, this game needs to be off the market. But it just made me feel really uncomfortable. Grand Theft Auto didn't do that. And I think, again, it's just because it's Grand Theft Auto. I I think that in addition to the fact that it's Grand Theft Auto and it is, I think, one of the media's darlings for being a scapegoat, I do think that there's something in the social consciousness about you being the person doing it and you controlling it. Yeah, I think that's the issue because... Like, you th- press there's... X to torture, that press X... I mean, like I guess, again, I think that it comes back full circle to that hot coffee where it's press X to thrust. Like, it's the press X to whatever people don't think is appropriate. Yeah, I think that it's that's... not press X to Jason here. <laughs> I think that that's a serious problem. I think that that's what people think are the problem. And I think it's, it's kind of silly. And at the same time, but you could think about like Bioshock where it's X to harvest or Y to save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and nobody complained when you were like, I mean, you get, didn't get to see the scene. I understand this is still a little bit different. It's not as far as what Grand Theft Auto, I guess, would have pushed it as. But you're still... I mean, killing the little sister, let's all be honest. Oh, yeah. I just think that, that people are able to compartmentalize a cutscene from gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that and I think that it, people just need to get the hell over because it it's kind of silly. Yeah. yeah. But I do think that that's a defining aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I really think forward, it is. We can see that when the game forces you to actually press X to whatever, that that's going to hit like ongoingly be a, a source object. And I think that's what it is, is because... There's been worse torture scenes in movies since the 90s. I mean, hell, we have a genre called torture porn nowadays. But I think the issue is that it is more immersive because it is interactive. You are the one choosing the tools Mm -hmm. that you want to use because you have an option of tools that you can choose from. And it's you actually doing the actual torture itself as instead of it just being a mere mini game or a cutscene. I think because it's a little more immersive, that's what people are complaining about. Yeah. And it's just added on to the fact that any Rockstar game really is a lightning rod for controversy. I did laugh directly out loud when I realized that, like after I got done with it, I realized that there are four different torture devices and to complete the mission, you have to torture him four times. And Rockstar's like, variety's a spice of life, bitches! Do it all! You know? I, I also want to know how many of the people that are complaining about the scenes are like moms who bought this for their like 10-year-old yeah. and all of a sudden they're like, whoa, there's inappropriateness in this yeah, game. Yeah, it says M for mature. And as GameStop, like, we will sit there and read everything. Like, that's what we have to do. We have to tell you exactly what's in this game. And I've looked moms in the eye. I'm like, there's going to be boobs up in the face. And there's a really raunchy, uh, or not raunchy, but extensive uh, torture scene. And, like, moms be like, well, he sees it on the internet anyways. Or, well, he just knows not to do that in real life. And it's like... You've heard these things come out yes. of people's yeah. mouths? Oh, yeah. All the time. They're oh. like, well, there's no point in me saying no because his dad's just going to say yes anyways. Or wow. things like that. This is the excuse. It's always... It's never just, you know what? I don't think my son or daughter's old enough to play this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never hear that. Never. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I remember... Now, this is way back in the day because... Because you're old. Because I'm old, <laughs> but it was at a Game Crazy, which is why I say way back in the day. <laughs> I remember Game Crazy. Uh, yeah. I was kind of just in there perusing the used game section, and there was a grandmother and a little kid in there. And he's like, this is the game I want. And she looks at the game, turns it over, looks at it, and looks at the ratings and all that sort of stuff. She's like, 
I can't get you this. This is for this age, and it says it has this, this, and this. You've got to find something else because I can't get that. I seriously just wanted to go over there and say thank you so much for doing that yeah. um, because people just don't. And I think that's part of the issue is that they just don't care enough or yeah. they are kind of oblivious to it. I mean, I think, I think uh, you know, I don't really want to open up the whole can of worms subject of ratings and stuff, but... From the gamer's perspective, I think that on the whole, gamers the world over feel like it's really the parents' deal. Yeah, you know, I mean, the ratings are there, the restrictions are there, the stores receive huge penalties, people get fired if they sell them to people that it's inappropriate for, and people still get mad about their little kids seeing things that all reasonable measures have been taken. And it's yeah. like, you know, get over yourself and stop giving your kids access to this stuff. Yeah, I have adults that get mad at me that I have to have their son or daughter actually call them to come out of their car so that I can see them and then have everything on camera because that's the number one thing. Everything has to be on camera and have me read it. And they're just like, I understand why you guys obviously blah, blah, blah. It's fine. I don't care. Like, can you make a note on the account that I don't have to come in and you guys just give them the game? And it's like, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, some no. people... Anyway, I think that that's enough heavy stuff. Um, <laughs> on the whole, I think that we're all enjoying the game a lot. And I look forward to you know it opening up even further. I think that there's exciting things that we probably haven't even seen yet that the game has to offer. So, I mean, really only about maybe 15, 20 hours in. And in a GTA game, that could have meant a lot of different things. So, take away, go, go check it out, you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to Geek Life. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you would like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. I just want to step out and just give you guys an opportunity to plug yourself. You guys are visiting us from Geeks with Wives. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that podcast real quick before okay, we finish Okay, geekswithwives.com. We've been around for a couple of years. We uh, review games. We do news, stuff like that on geekswithwives.com. We have a Twitter, huge Twitter account, at Geeks with Wives. A smaller Facebook account. Search just search Geeks for Geeks with Wives, with Wives yeah. right, yeah. We are starting to do the comic review stuff with our uh, kind of new Geeks leg. Geeks with Wives and, Wives and Capes, Capes right? Absolutely. spin-off show. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Just anything nerdy, geeky, stuff like that, Geeks with Wives. One of the things that's so cool about what you guys do is that you do your live broadcast with Google Hangouts. And take it from somebody who's seen both. Like, it's way worth it to watch the video. Now, do you guys upload the video after it's done? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. it's yeah. 20 minutes probably after right. we record on So Tuesday. then the video to watch is available to watch, but it's also available to jump in and be, you know, there live on, which is really cool. And it's definitely like a video medium. I mean, the audio is great, and I've been enjoying the podcasts on my phone too, but I find myself desiring to be able to see who's talking and see what they're talking about and everything. And it's you feel left I mean, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, it, and it's, it's not that it's like not good as a podcast audio only, but like, it's so awesome that there's another layer that you can enjoy even more and really get to know the people more and, and see everybody. It's really freaking cool. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. So hopefully we'll have Grant and uh, Victoria back on again. These guys just moved out to our area. So we'll make sure to send out the invite when we do anything that we think they might be interested in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'd love to have you on Geeks with Live sometimes too, both you guys. Yeah, that so. would be a bunch of fun. We've got yeah. a bunch of people actually have uh, another regular guest host who actually came into the store with me the other day oh. she's the game art and design teacher yeah she would probably be a bunch of fun to have on the show very cool yeah. yeah she's good people so anyway well thank you guys for listening again make sure to email us at 
geeklife at pandamanga.com if you have any questions. And of course, go to our contact page and submit a request to be a contributor if you'd like to write blog posts, do reviews, or even submit a comic. We've got two new comics coming up. One is already on the site, The Narwhal Knight by Brad Langer. And then also coming soon, our new co-host Marcus Clausen and his comic Mallow Man will be up very quickly. So... Make sure to check that out, and if you guys have something cool you want to submit on the site and get more exposure with, dude, let us know. We would be all over that. We are all about promoting indie media and comics and all that good stuff. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. 